You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh and I'm here with my wife, Bonnie Pugh. And uh, this is episode 21 and today we are talking about the link between human trafficking and pornography. Just a light topic today, just very easygoing. Um, as we can see, there's been so much a uh, coverage on, and I don't know, maybe you haven't heard of it, but there's a lot of coverage and a lot of airtime being given to um, Pornhub's role in human trafficking, their lack of confirming um, people's even ages, people's um, where they've where they've come from, how they've ended up in the industry, and now they have actually been proven to have hosted uh, um, people who have been videotaped doing sexual acts who have been human trafficked. It's been confirmed that they were trafficked into the industry. And uh, so it's our hope today just to bring some light, some clarity, and to even talk about some of the roots and where this comes from um, and how, how we can be everyday people who really make a difference in this area. So Bonnie, so glad to sit down and talk about this topic tonight, as heavy as it is. We are so glad to do that. Yeah, and we were praying right even before we started here that that even though this can feel like a heavy topic, that we would actually, everyone listening would actually come away from it feeling hopeful, feeling like I can make a difference, we can make a difference, we can actually stop injustice, we can stop evil, because we have a savior who mm-hmm. went ahead of, of us and stopped injustice and stopped evil. And so... Um, hopefully we can break it down in a simple way today and give some practical, uh, yeah, just practical thoughts about it that you can bring into your own life and also, uh, you know, bring into the lives of even your own children. Totally. We'll explain because it yes. sounds like what the, what are we, li- what are we talking about today? <laughs> totally. Anyways. Yeah. So, um, just before we get any, go any further, just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have um subscribed uh following us on our podcast either on apple or spotify or google play and we're seeing the reviews you guys are leaving us that means so much to us and every time you leave a review or give us a rating or subscribe you actually make it easier for other people to find our content and that just means that means the world to us totally because we are really are just trying to um you know just raise up other voices and encourage others uh, that they they can find hope and freedom in mm-hmm. the areas of relationships and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. So take a minute, would you, and uh, leave us a review or give us or subscribe or rate rate us any of those things or and share it on your social media platforms mm-hmm. and let people know uh, about us if we if we've given you any content that's been helpful or encouraging to you. So one of the things we love to do here, and it is a become quite the tradition, is to do the random question. That's right. The random question. And I think on a topic like this, to not go too heavy, too fast, which I may have already done, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do the random question. So Bonnie, the random question for you today is what weird smell do you actually enjoy? Oh, that's okay. You know what? One that I think is probably not healthy that I enjoy is the smell of gasoline. Just I know. A Everybody bit. says that. Do you? I, oh. I, that's what I was going to say if you asked me. It's just like. Okay. I know this is probably not good for me. And I, I'm I not huffing gasoline no, or anything like that. We either. do not recommend <laughs> that type of interaction with gasoline. But it's an odd smell. I know. You like, know I, don't, I don't mind it when I'm pumping gas. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's not, not like, like I, you lean down to no. your. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one for you and one for me. Yeah. <laughs> not at all, but I don't mind. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I'll, I'll maybe answer that same question, oh, even though okay. like it's as I've already said that gasoline is kind of like that. But because I used to smoke cigarettes, uh-huh. sometimes a the smell of cigarette smoke was just like back to a an experience or something like that. And it just reminds me like, actually, that smells really good. And then other times it's just like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Totally. You know, but like. And I had yeah. some like really 
special relatives in my life who would smoke. And so I totally understand yeah. that it's like the smell reminds me of part of my childhood in a nostalgic yeah. way. Pathways the, in the brain. That's right. It's a real thing. Totally. Yeah. I feel like I should ask you. Yeah, go for it. I'll uh, take, uh, we'll uh, do two. We haven't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can do two. Because normally I get to initiate question two. Yeah. Um, what? Okay, well, let's go on the same. What would be a flavor that most people like that you don't like? Oh. Um, or maybe not most people. I don't mean to. Yeah, that's a really great question. What flavor do most people like? Or food that you're just like? grossed out by. You know what? I don't, I'm not really grossed out by too many foods. Um, I think uh, there's some consistencies, though, mm. that like that I just can't have certain things a certain way. So like even just dates, how mm. they are like whole dates. Sure. I'm like that's we're not we're not doing that. I don't know what it is. It's just maybe the, the grainy kind grainy, of yeah, the grainy and the kind of flakiness on the outside of the sure. date, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm, not today. No. Yeah. And but, probably but date not squares, tomorrow. those date squares. Date squares are lit. Date squares <laughs> are amazing. I feel like we are for sure we are for sure in our 30s. The fact yeah. that date squares like highlight dessert date squares and going to bed early Mm. (laughs) yeah oh my gosh anyways okay yeah so we are talking today about the the very unfortunate reality that we are living in um and human trafficking and and how it plays into um into pornography and into this epidemic um the the billion dollar if not trillion dollar i don't know where we're at industry um of uh they call it adult entertainment but just pornography and exploitation of of sexuality and um you know you you recently wrote a blog on preparing um preparing boys to to face like kind of written to parents but like helping parents to prepare their boys to to face the battle of pornography and yeah um do you just want to share some insight on some of the things that you you highlighted out of that yeah, I actually, I, I had republished it because I had written that blog a little while ago back when our kids were a lot younger and the word pornography hadn't been, we hadn't had any conversation about it with mm-hmm. our kids. Um, but, and what I had called it before was just like how to talk to your kids about porn without actually talking about porn. Right. And so talking about how there are really root issues that pornography our foundations in order for pornography to exist. Right. And because we now know that so many of the porn stars or, you know, like the actors or actresses in porn actually have been trafficked. Mm-hmm. So, so it's all linked together. So in order for porn to exist, these foundations have to exist in order for trafficking to exist these foundations so the premise is if we can change the foundations of our we can change the foundations of our understanding then we can drain the we can drain the demand Mm -hmm. for pornography and then ultimately for trafficking because it's not just you know for those who are producing it it's not just about lust or sexual desire it's about money Mm -hmm. and so if the demand goes away the market goes away absolutely the victims go away so um so yeah uh, that's the premise of it and there were three main things and as i say maybe as i say them i'd love to hear your thoughts too from you know from a dad's Mm -hmm. perspective from a man's perspective what you've seen on it so the first one that i um focused on was how in order for porn or trafficking to sexual trafficking to exist there has to be this overemphasis um on the external features of a human mm-hmm. and so i always find that especially the kingdom of darkness and that um that spirit of lust or that attitude of lust is going to is not going to remember like this person is a multifaceted right you know, body soul spirit person that I could be friends with it is more about reducing people down to a commodity where it's just about the external Mm -hmm. something to be consumed and so that's something that we as parents and as individuals we can actually we can actually really fight against that mindset on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. so yeah Well, yeah, I think the first thing that does come to my mind with with whenever there's that elevation of the external or um 
or any any sort of values or not necessarily values or characteristics of somebody outside of their humanity and outside of their personhood, mm-hmm. there is immediately going to be become a decreased value of their humanity. And they are not seen as um, just like you're saying, they are not seen as humans, but commodities to be bought and to be sold. Yeah. And um, and and I think that that is one of the things that. You know, we've we've said it so many times within the porn industry and with what is presented um, uh, with through porn these days is is that somehow um, the women or the people that are on the other side of that screen or that that they that they're actually desiring this and that they actually don't face the same human needs that everybody right. else would face that somehow they're just these super sexualized beings Mm -hmm. and it's just like no that that woman Mm -hmm. cries about some of the same things that that every other woman would cry about right you know that woman faces the same blank that any other woman faces you know what i mean and and the same with same with men you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and i think that's so important for us to remember that like that just because these people are even on that screen or they've whatever their story is, how they've gotten there yeah. does not change the basic human uh, design that. that they that they function in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helps us to be really compassionate. Yeah. And as we're talking about these things and as we're, we're moving um, this direction to to see these things tor- torn down is that this is going to motiv- motivate us all the more to have a compassionate heart. Totally. These are real people with real um, with real pain totally. and with real, uh, yeah, with real stories that would probably blow our minds if we could yeah. uh, actually hear them. So and now that um, now that our boys are a little bit older, especially the older ones, now we've had discussion like straight up about pornography, and they'll use the word inappropriate, or you know, um, we'll just say, "What do you think this?" You know, I, I mean, pornography is not just what you find on Pornhub. It's no in the you know, it's in the grocery aisle. It's in the advertisements. It's it pops mm-hmm. up on your screen uninvited on the side. Well, yeah, you know? like it. We we don't like it. Used to be that like pornography was just this isolated, you know, back room at the movie store. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and um, but like we have porn on our phones. Mm-hmm. If you're on Instagram, <laughs> the reality Honestly, is, you yeah. you click that that. Uh, um, That's that little the magnifying, magnifying glass, glass, you know yeah. what I mean? You're you're opening yourself up to a whole world of you could yeah of so true. of of sexualized um sexualized images. Totally. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of stuff that's not, and there's a lot of stuff that's totally you know, whatever. But every but, once in a while you feel like you've been just yeah. hide like i mean for me i it's just so overwhelming to totally see yeah. those things i try to stay away from that button yeah <laughs> anyways so in that like we've had to coach our boys to think you know like does like they they have cousins they have aunts they have a mom and it's like okay so say that woman on the front of that magazine cover does she like look at her face? Does she actually look happy? Mm-hmm. You know, because often it's this sultry, brazen look on the woman's face. It's like if mom's face looked like that, w- would you think that that was happiness? You know, and obviously there's a place within marriage, you know, between a husband and a wife where it's like there's that you can right. a woman is free, a wife is free to open up that sexual part of who she is. But the porn industry and the trafficking is pushing women to just be one dimensional and Mm -hmm. and so to help our kids help ourselves say if that's what they if that's all they are is that true joy is that right is that the fullness of living um to just be what you know like just to be reduced to who you are in the bedroom or between the sheets so just a simple way to help help our kids Mm -hmm. help us remember uh they didn't they don't want that they right. want to be seen for who they are as people not just for their bodies totally i mean i think that there's so many there's so many statistics and there's so many stories even even if we say even actresses let alone porn actresses right who are crushed by the pressure mm-hmm. to perform and to have a certain look and to walk a certain way sure to be overly sexualized at all time they, mm-hmm. they're crushed by it it leads to eating disorders to suicide to depression yeah. 
there's, yeah, there's a lot of stories about it. So we malfunction when we, um, when we only let our, when we only think our identity is a sexual, a sexual one. Right. That's, that's so good. The other point that you had made in your blog was the inability to govern your sexual desires Mm -hmm. that like, there's this, so like, this is, this is what leads to, um, to just a, an overwhelming sense of powerlessness, mm-hmm. um, within, within our day to day is this sense that like, if I feel something in the moment, it, I have to act upon it. Right. And I think there's this fallacy, um, within today that says that if you don't act upon all your desires and if you don't, if you don't, um, not necessarily just act upon all your desires, but if you don't accept all your desires as as right, hmm. and and especially when it comes to sexuality, we don't necessarily play that card in some areas. But when it comes to sexuality, there's this cultural expectation that no, you have to just be in line with everything that you're feeling, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. no matter no matter like, what's going on. Yeah. And there's that that if you don't, you are completely disingenuous mm-hmm. and, and you're a fake and you're a false. You're, you're just a facade of a person. And I go like, listen, we all face desires. Sometimes like, the weirdest thing that we could just be honest and just even like, mm-hmm. I heard somebody say like, if we could have like a screen that projected your thoughts that you've had from the last week, there'd be things that would come up there that would absolutely shock you. And and uh, there's a guy named Martin Luther who said it this way, that you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, mm-hmm. but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. Mm-hmm. And and I think the, the the thing that we need to remember is that our, our desires are not even necessarily who we are. Yes. You know what I mean? That like, yes, our God, God has given us a desire. He has given us this desire of sexuality. This is a gift, but it is meant to be within a context of self-government mm-hmm. and a submission uh, to his design and his purposes. So mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts on that? How do you, as I know, uh, maybe you've had conversations with our kids or conversations with, with people who are feeling overwhelmed with mm-hmm. their desires. What are some of the things that you've, you've communicated to them? Yeah, well, I think it makes me think of C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. He has a whole section all about morality. Hmm. And in it, he has a chapter or two, I can't remember, um, around sexual desires. And he talks about just what you were saying there. And so he wrote this back in 1940s. So sometimes we think, oh, we're so... You know, we're so advanced now. You know, that was so long ago. He, It's like he's talk. The things he was he's saying then are exactly where we are right now. And he was saying, you know, there's this fear that if we. So like what you said, if we stop and don't act out or accept our our desires, if we don't act out on it, then we're going to cause, we're going to be ingenuine, but also that we're going to be repressing something. Right, right. But what he said is that actually those who um, kind of go into the wrestling match with their own desires are the people who become the most aware of themselves. Mm. So he said repression is actually when it go <laughs> when you've ignored it for so long, you're not even, you're not even aware of it anymore. But the wow. person who, so think of the person who, craves donuts but doesn't want to eat a donut they are the most aware of their desire they're not repressing they're choosing something yes so i think and i love this is that in scripture like god is not interested in controlling us one of the gifts of the holy spirit is Mm self-control so god's like hey here's the deal i know it's hard to overcome your desires that go against my design Mm -hmm. but here like I will give you power that will let you tell yourself what to do and then do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a good day when you say, I'm not going to eat donuts today. And then you get to the end of the day, you're laying in bed and you go, I didn't eat donuts today. Right. I told myself what to do and I didn't do it. Anyway, so I think why why would we say that sexuality is outside that? Like, why would we say Eat as many donuts as you want, you know, metaphorically when it comes to sexuality, express it, do whatever you want, take it when you want it. Like there's, it's not healthy in any other realm of life. Right. And so, um, so the basis of that, and this is a muscle that kids can exercise, like, let's be honest, right from the beginning, like from one year old, two year old is like, no, if you don't get what you want right now, 
you might cry about it, but you're not going to die. Exactly. So I'm not going to just cater to every desire you have. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is you have to wait a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that exercise of, I mean, as parents, we're helping them learn how to govern over themselves and recognize I'm not going to die if I don't get what I want right now. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I just think there's not enough adults who are aware of that. Patience and self-control. It's like, I mean, give everybody just take a moment. You could pause and say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, where do I rate in patience? Where do I rate in self-control? Because you start there and you just start exercising that muscle in other areas. It's going to show up in your, in your sexuality. I really challenge you to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. And I think in maybe some ways we've covered this, but just, I know the other point you had made is just that there's an inequality that some people Mm. just are worth more or some people are more valuable than others. What was your thought when, with, with that point? Yeah. Well, I think in order for trafficking to exist in order for, which is modern day slavery, in Mm -hmm. order for that porn industry to exist, there is an increasing amount of content that is dominant where it's one is is kind of pushing the other down mm-hmm. and even you know once you start to realize that the people on the screen that they're not there because they want to be but right. most of them are there because they're feeling trapped right or they are literally trapped mm-hmm. and so once you start to do that you think okay so sure i might get a moment you know, like the Bible says, like those things that caused you pleasure for a moment, then but then later caused you shame. Right. So you, yeah, sure, you might get that moment of pleasure, but at the expense of somebody else, and you've elevated your yourself over mm-hmm. someone else, and that's inequality. Right. Whereas um, love is about everybody getting to keep their dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody feeling like they're the victim. No one feeling like they're the used or the abandoned. You know, after, especially after a time of sexual experience where it's like most exposed right. place in, in our human experience, really. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think, um, yeah, we just need to remember that there are no more or less important people in the world. Absolutely. So whether that is, you know, how wealthy you are, how educated you are, the color of your skin, mm-hmm. your gender... Uh, your even your life, your life choices. Mm-hmm. None of it. Like we are all been given an innate innate value from the Lord, just simply because we're alive. Right. So, yeah, that's so good. I want to kind of maybe shift gears here a little bit yeah. because we want to now bring that that connection to to human trafficking. So these are some those are some kind of root dynamics or distinctives of. Mm-hmm kind of the the dangers of, of porn and how those things need to be in alignment. But I I want to shift it now to the human trafficking side and mm-hmm. and and talk about this a little bit because I, I saw a very unique trend is, you know, I, I follow a lot of a lot of different uh, organizations that are focusing on human trafficking, trying to bring um, change even, you know, just think about the uh, the I sorry, the the International Justice well, IGM. IJM, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and how they're they're trying to bring even legislative change, and mm-hmm. there's so there's like this top down approach mm-hmm. to ending human trafficking. I think A twenty one and and other organizations that are that are really focused to this yeah. and bringing bringing people out of slavery, yes, um, of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was looking at a lot of um, information and hearing testimonies and stories of women specifically who were. Uh, got either out of their own accord somehow, some way, got out of the porn industry, and now are able to share their story. Mm-hmm. Um, but or even those who were rescued out of, right. um, you know, sex slavery and prostitution, um, brothels, all this stuff, and now they're able to share their story. Mm-hmm. And I saw this very unique connection um, because it was always like this very. It's it, when you when you've heard enough of the stories, it becomes very like clear as day. Mm-hmm. Some of these root dynamics, and I found it so so crazy with some of the girls that it was always there was a either a distance or a complete lack, either by a um, a traumatic situation, but there was there was this distance of relationship of a 
um, of, of a protective man in their life that either they had a distant dad who was just not involved or mm-hmm. was just super removed, was workaholic, you know, traveling a lot, doing all this stuff and, and covering it maybe with pro- the providing for his family and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um, or, or there, there was a death or something and that covering was not there, uh, for these girls. And then came swooping in and it's and it's crazy when you like again like i said when you hear enough of them you read enough of these stories it's just like so systematic and like it's an agenda planned out you know like it's a it's a definite strategy Mm -hmm. and here comes in this young man with a lot of money and a lot of attention and and you know trying to almost bring about this romantic expression of like oh you mean so much to me and Mm -hmm. and this whole systematic process goes on and to deceive her. Yeah. To deceive her. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Why do you, why do you think that is? Because a lot of times, you know, I want, I wonder in the day that we live in with the feminist movement and and everything like that, what are your thoughts on, on the, the, the need of a protective relationship for a young woman? Yeah. I mean, I would, I know what you mean. Like there in the feminist movement, there's some parts of it that have brought so much freedom. And I'm so grateful. Like, I'm so grateful that I get to vote now. Yeah, I'm mom. so grateful that I can own property and that I'm not considered property. Right. I'm so, you know, like there's so many elements. I'm, I'm so grateful I could take a university course. Yeah. Start and I could a learn business. to read, you know, yeah. like those things, like. That matters. And there's still so many places in the world where other women, just because they're a woman, they cannot experience like that is mm-hmm. brutal to me. That is not the heart of God. Right. Um, and yet at the same time, there's this with the feminist movement. And I think specifically with the second wave that came in the 19 like 60s and 70s is there became this sense of like, in order for me to be equal in value, I need to do everything the same as a man. Instead of like, no, girl, like, just own who you are, be who Mm -hmm. you are. Anyway, so it became this like, I need to prove that I can be independent and that I don't need men in order to, in order to thrive. So there was like this pushing away. So now in our day, it's like, you're right that all those, you know, those pimps and those, um, like the porn industry producers and stuff, they know that an unguarded or unconnected, I would even say an isolated right. woman, right? she's at risk. Mm. An isolated man is at risk. I've said before, like nobody shames or nobody thinks like an oak tree is weak because it needs to have its roots in the ground. Right, of it's course. It's like you're allowed to have needs. It doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you strong. Mm-hmm. So women, young women... I think all women, like we are made for community. So are men, but like women have this unique vulnerability and it's this tenderness within us. It's this ability to nurture. It's this ability to see even in within men to see the good in them and to want to nurture it out of them. It's very maternal. Like there's a maternal nature within us, Mm -hmm. but, but if there's not that real, like a community around her or voices around her to kind of help her understand or be wise. So that's why especially young women can be really targeted. Totally. Um, like she, she's in a dangerous spot Mm -hmm. and you don't, I don't know all throughout history. It's like we were made to live in community. So as a woman, you're allowed to say like, I need, I need a community. I need relationship. I need connection. And yeah, I've seen the same trend, um, of, Mm -hmm. Um, victims who've been rescued where they say this is linked to the fact that I never knew my dad or my dad abused me or my dad was totally distant. I read a book actually recently. I wanted to mention it in this episode uh, called the true story of Canadian human trafficking, which sounds, I thought like, Oh gosh, I'm going to be reading a documentary, but it was actually so well-written. We'll put all these, these references and resources. We'll make sure we put in the show notes for sure. Um, so that you guys can continue your learning as well. Um, so it's, um, I hope I say his last name right by Paul. It's spelled B O G E Bogue could be bougie. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Anyways. So in it, um, they, they follow the story of a girl who is trafficked, 
of a man who um, ends up becoming a John, and then of Joyce Smith, who is a Canadian and uh, was a Canadian MP and now is a Canadian. Um, she runs a nonprofit. Again, we'll link her in the show notes for rescuing. Uh, but she was an MP at the time and changing legislation within Canada. Anyways, same thing. So many victims. Uh, it's a beautiful, it's actually a story that's woven through this book. Um, and they talk to victims who've been rescued and they said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish my dad had been there. Right. It It just makes a difference. Totally. So dads, like your presence and mm-hmm. absence is really important in the lives of your children. Totally. And and you're called to be a guardian, not not just the guy who brings home the paycheck. Absolutely. And I think the other side of that too, so like your absence and presence is so important, but also like what happens in your presence, you know yes. what I mean as well. Um, because I'll never forget as I was listening to um, a speaker who was talking about uh, pornography and um, and the effects, oh, the exact same things we're talking about today. They said, you know, if you're if you've ever seen porn, you need to ask yourself a question: Was it her dad or her uncle? Because then he shared the stats of the amount of women who are in pornography because. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because, but who have the past story of being sexually abused by either their dad or their uncle. The stats blew my mind. I, I don't I don't wanna I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was higher than I thought. It was I, I remember hearing that right. with you too. And it was it's so high that you can't deny that it has absolutely an impact on it. So now we have these these young young women or just women in general, mm-hmm. who there's a void of community of, of protection, to use that word, not mm-hmm. because they're weak, not because, um, you know, as I heard a good friend, Mike, you put what's most valuable in, in, safe, in, places. in safe places, you know totally. what I mean? Um, and so we have these, these young ladies who are now vulnerable. Mm-hmm. There's a deficit. There's a lack of, of that type of love and protection that comes from those safe relationships. And as I was referring to now, now this this male figure or this figure who can provide those things mm-hmm. in a counterfeit way steps in, and um, and it was really crazy the other day. I saw that Fight the New Drug had posted a story about a girl named Maggie who um, it just hit some crazy crazy situation. She was struggling as an eighteen year old. Um, with mental illness and was just in a really rough spot financially. Um, thought that maybe stripping was the best way to to get funds, which led her right into the porn industry. And it was just she talked about it that like it was just this this momentum that just started to build, and you could see it happening. That like there's there's fear of being alone. There's fear of of not having enough. There's all this stuff, and that pushes them to to have to do things that they never wanted to do in order to have those needs met. And um, and as she was telling her story, she was talking about how she ended up going to L.A. and was picked up by a driver, was taken for lunch, and they had to do a, a, a STD test or whatever. Mm-hmm. And But while that was happening, they went out for lunch to this nice place and all this stuff. And is just kind of being exposed to this this way of life where it's just like we got lots of money, we got lots of mm-hmm. places, and then once the test came back that she was clean, she went right to a shoot. Yeah, and and was was so afraid to say no, mm-hmm. and was so um, because she's like, I just got to L.A. Like if I if I yeah. say no, I could be homeless in L.A. They're paying for my food, they're paying for where I live, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah, and and it's this this crazy spiral, and so this whole progression just became um, so crazy for me, just so eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to talk about how we as as people can be aware mm. of those symptoms, be aware of those effects. Maybe even as parents, we're seeing changes in our kids. We're seeing changes even in mm. in friends. We're seeing changes in. Um, you know, so maybe some of our kids' friends and stuff like that, if right. they're they're starting to see um, or they're just starting to see the effects of this, what would be some of your thoughts on how um, how we can be more aware and be more 
uh, on guard to be a voice of protection and to be uh, somebody who intervenes and says, hey, Maggie, here, you don't have to do that. I, I can I can help you. What's really going on? Like, what are, totally. what are you really struggling with? You know, which even as you say that, I go, oh, so like the solution that could prevent a Maggie from running to L.A. would be, hey, Maggie, do you want to come have dinner with our family? Or, right. hey, Maggie, did you need help with your, you know, like, are you thinking of going to university? Like, what do you need help with or with a, with a resume? Right. Right. Like kind of love yeah. would be a way to shield not even our own children, but the maybe our, our mm-hmm. children's friends. Yeah. Or maybe that young adult who goes to church. Right. In your community. Right. Or that coworker, that younger coworker. So yeah. I would think as soon as I would see things like secretism, secretive behavior or, or shame, like, which is linked to shame, mm-hmm. you know, the sense of hiding, then I would start to probably lean in and pursue a little bit. I think, gosh, we got to get a lot more um, tenacious in yeah. our love. Right. Where if we see, if we see red flags, then we... We don't just run away from it. Mm-hmm. But we actually lean in and start to protect one another. Um, and then I, I would say um, a resource I wanted to mention was A21 um, just recently released some guides for parents, specifically mm-hmm. kind of giving some advice on prevention and um, yeah, for, for children. And so I would rec- recommend that. We'll link that in the show for notes sure. as well. Yeah, what do you think? What are some ways that, what would you be watching out for? What would you? Uh, yeah, well, I think do- obviously the secrets, um, secrets is one thing, but it's like a sense of isol- that isolation mm-hmm. and it's like a complete change in demeanor. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like I, I think it's, it's, it's dangerous or not dangerous, it's tricky um, because like, you know, young people are going through a lot of changes you know, as they hit 12 or 13 years old and, and, you know, puberty and stuff, all this dump of hormones that's just throwing off their emotions or everything. But like, I would say like major changes in, uh, in likes and dislikes where it's just like, what, what do you, what do you Mm -hmm. mean? You don't want to go for ice cream? Like, what do you, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't, I can't really think of an exact, exact example, but it's just like where there's these changes that are just not like, Oh wow, they're growing up and they're becoming more confident in who they are. It's just like, you, you used to love doing that. Like, Mm. and like these really sharp things, because now there's, you know, as I, as I've listened to so many testimonies and stories, like you just hear, they had to be somebody else because that they were now afraid. Um, you know, what if somebody else found out these things that I was doing? I have to keep this this front up. Mm-hmm. What if I lose this person? Um, you know, and because a lot of times these these uh, these groomers, these these young people or these young guys, mainly um, with the when as far as a young girls being trafficked, these young guys um, are starting to get very manipulative. It was yes. at first it was like. Hey, yeah, let's let's go to the lake together. Or let's let's spend the day together. Let's go get dinner together and just really oh, I just love spending time with you. But now it starts to get controlling. Very controlling, mm-hmm. very manipulative. And now there's just kind of this this divide that is set between this young girl's family or those who are most important to her mm-hmm. to now veer her aside to be that that this person, this guy or whoever's grooming her is him or her for that matter um it's the reality what we live in i don't want it to be too generalized when i say this but Mm -hmm. that person who is now grooming this other person Mm -hmm. they want to be the most important person to them because they want to be able to pull the strings they want to be able to call the shots that's right and if there's if there's competition um you know if there's something that else is vying for that place of of a heart connection and a and a bridge to them they're not going to want it Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So a, a dad who stands up, a brother who stands up and says, hey, uh, no, actually, you're not going to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> to my mm-hmm. sister. Or actually, you're not just going to mm-hmm. walk in here and and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he usually is going to flip a switch and that, that dude's out of there. So um, true. But um, that's, it's kind of a rabbit trail. But um, but I think you just talked about the modern uh, dating culture. Well, so. true. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> which maybe. Then maybe that's another segment. Yeah, we'll do something on dating soon. But yeah, um, 
but I think that's that's just so so real. So like when there are strong community that actually speaks up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That is willing to have hard conversations mm-hmm. and and willing just to listen too, mm-hmm. not just say all these things, but to to listen and and um and to be a safe place for um for people to pour out their hearts for what's really going on on the inside and yeah. and talk about shame and talk about the things that have happened. Yeah. Um, Cause shame only grows the more you keep it in the darkness. So, so true. There was one more thing I wanted to say too, just being bold enough to go across the street because mm. you, I remember you shared that one story out of um, the, the true stories of um, human Canadian human trafficking mm-hmm. and that young girl in Calgary, won't you quickly share yeah. that story? And so all this, all the excerpts out of this book based on true stories. So mm-hmm. this one girl, she was um, groomed over in Ontario and then taken across the country and made, you know, did stops all across the country, um, connecting with John's, you know, through internet advertising and all that kind of stuff. And at one point she was taken into Calgary for the the Calgary Stampede, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a famous Canadian kind of large event, national event. And now her pimp is like forced her to put on something like some basically to put on lingerie and go out into the street and advertise in person. And so she was horrified. At this point, she was on drugs and alcohol all the time in order to cope. But she was like horrified. She'd never done that. Like broad daylight. Okay, I'm going to go out and be in front of families and everything. And she went out in her high heels and her outfit all done up. She's I think she's, you know, 16 years old or something like that. And in, in the book, it just says like her in her inner dialogue was like, why will nobody look me in the eye? Mm-hmm. And why is nobody like, won't somebody please come and ask me if I'm okay? Right. Like, do you really? And then she said, like, do they really think that I would choose this? And uh, it just broke my heart. I thought, oh, God, like, how many times do how many times would I go? I don't know how to I don't know what to do. But would I be bold enough now knowing more, learning more? Would I be bold enough to go and just say, do you need help? Right. Are you OK? And maybe they're going to say no. Maybe they're going to be terrified. Right. But. But maybe they'll say yes, and maybe yeah. maybe then I can link them. And, and that's, again, we'll link you to some resources that if you're ever in a situation um, that you could be the voice, that you could be someone who says, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you need anything right now? Yeah. I just think we, uh, I just think of Jesus, like people... Oh man, the the religious people of the day would get like, don't they? Doesn't he know what type of people he's hanging out with? Right. And I'm like, I hope that in my life there are times that I'm hanging out with people or I'm showing love to someone that will cause a little bit of a stir. That mm-hmm. people would accuse me of being too loving to, you know, to people who are in sex trafficking or who are living a lifestyle opposed to, you know, what the religious people of the day are saying. Totally. Yeah. I um, just wanted to quickly, when you were saying before, Brian, about the, the grooming process is like to boil that down. Cause there is, yes, there's a very um, strategic line that pimps will take girls down. I mean, there is for sure just the straight up kidnapping that's happening mm-hmm. Where women and children go missing. Yeah, men too, but for sure, Sure. larger numbers of women and children. Um, But then there's also the grooming process that happens where it's a deception using relationship. And, uh, and so that's, you know, it's very, it's a very straight line. But can you talk a little bit about the cultural grooming that we've seen trend? Yeah, totally. Well, I think... You know, one of the things that I think we could all agree on is that there's this cultural invitation to sexual participation. That's mm-hmm. like, um, and this I would not just say an invitation, but an expectation. So, like, mm-hmm. if you aren't being, if you are not being sexually active, if you are not, um, you know, with your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, moving this direction, mm-hmm. you know, right? That's like, 
you know, not so, even in relationships. Not, sometimes, no, well, it's not even in relationships. Yeah. yeah, if you're not playing the game, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. There's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And so, like, there's this cultural pressure that is moving with a, an invitation and an expectation to participation, mm-hmm. and that equals grooming. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we are going to move you along to this place. Right. So that what you were so afraid to do becomes normal. Right. And I think like we've in our culture today, we don't know what it means to be innocent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't know what it means. And a lot of times we're just like, if we don't know something in an, in an information age, if we don't know something, it's just like, what what's wrong with you? Like, how could you not know that? And it's like, we feel this pressure mm. to know so much and to know what everything means. And like intellectually, but also experientially. Full exp- yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Also experientially. And, and, and I don't think we realize what that actually feeds into in the culture that, that, that creates that, um, that snowball that starts really small at the top of the, the mountain, but it's a, mm-hmm. um, taking out trees, family, you know, right? Like the proverbially totally. families, destinies, hope. Uh, yeah. You know confidence, I mean? self-image. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. People's futures, you know? Yeah. And I just think like how many, how many people have sold their future so short because they gave themselves wholeheartedly to us uh, broken sexual relationships, you know, right. and they, they feel like this is now who they are. Yeah. Um, and I grew up, I know our stories are so different, Bri, like I grew up in the church, homeschooled and you, your story is different. Yeah. Um, public school, not a part of a church community. Yeah. And both of us felt an invitation Yeah. and an expectation and what you know, how we expressed it might have been different in our growing up years, mm-hmm. but the pressure was equally there. And I would, you know, for those who are listening, I would encourage you, invite you to recognize the pressure. Yeah. And when it's like, how old were you when it started? You know, that's a, that's a question, you know, to you who are listening. How old were you when it started? Who started pressuring you first? Right. Um, and are you free from that pressure now? You could be in your 40s and your 50s and you could still just be living under this cloud of pressure of who you th- what you think your identity is primarily about. Mm-hmm. Or you could be a 16-year-old listening to this and I would just like really urge you to be aware of what you're listening to. Totally. What you're, what you're seeing, what conversations are around you. And just like, are those conversations going back to those three keys? Are, are those values saying you're valuable for who you are as a person? Right. Are they saying you can govern over your desires? You don't have to run. Like, passion is not about being um, void of self control. And then, and then equality. Mm-hmm. Are you using people as a commodity? Right. Be aware. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta search within ourselves before we can, before we will really make a difference. Totally. In the, in this human slavery fight. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, I think you know we've covered a lot tonight, but mm-hmm. I just, I want to just leave just a couple thoughts with with everybody who's listening that. Um, you know, a lot of times we want to make a difference on the macro level. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We want to see uh, laws changed, and we want to see you know these big, these big high level um, decisions made, and and yeah, we we do play a part in that with Absolutely. the decisions. Mm-hmm. But it's this the decisions that you make every day, mm-hmm. the type of person who you um, who you're going to be every day can help be. Mm-hmm. Um, be a part of the solution because it's not just the the upper levels upper echelons of government that get to make these changes it's the type of um, decisions we make in the grassroots level uh, with how we parent um, how we just live our life that we're not we're not blinded we're not looking away from some of the hard things that we're seeing in our culture but we are engaging on a daily basis and, you know, as I heard our good friend Jim Anderson say, you want to change the world, you know, go play baseball with your son. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, we, we, we diminish the, the value of those little decisions every day as a dad, as a mom, as a friend to just say, you know, what? I'm going to call them up. You know what? I'm going to I haven't talked to them in ages. I'm going to send them a text message. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just just don't 
don't let those little moments go by because we don't know what type of roadblock that could Come put on. in somebody's life mm-hmm. to stop the direction that they were going to create a U-turn for them to turn around and say, man, I was about to make some crazy decisions. I was, yeah. I'm, I'm in a rough spot. I need some help. I'm so glad you reached out. Um, you know, and dads take your girls for ice cream, take your, you know, date, date your little girls in a healthy, loving, loving way, you know? And, um, because if you fill their heart, with love and and the words of the loving, safe words of a father, mm-hmm. um, the broken counterfeit words of lust and mm-hmm. um, and centralization from a, a broken young man is not going to fill their heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Again, feel free to leave a comment. Feel free to mm-hmm. um, send out, even send out a question. If there's something you want more information on, we would love to provide that for you. Again, check out the show notes for all the references that we made. Um, other organizations that are uh, that are moving and pioneering on the subject. Yes. And uh, I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So we look forward to seeing you again here next time on the Union Podcast. Thank you again. We love you so much. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.com.